Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Psalm 66, verse number 20. The Bible says, Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor His mercy from Him. We're going to talk about the blessings that we have and being thankful. Blessed be God. That's Psalm 66, verse 20. Let's go over to uh, one page to Psalm 68. Verse number 35 of Psalm 68 says, The God of Israel, He that giveth strength and power unto His people, blessed be God. And now our 2 Corinthians. It's 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Verse number 3, the Bible says again, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Let's bow our heads in prayer before we get into the message. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that we can be here Please, God, use us in a mighty way as Your vessels to build Your church. Blessed be Your name, God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Alright, let's stay in 2 Corinthians. Let's get chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Um, We tend to lose focus if we don't get a hold of this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And let's start at verse number 11. Let such and one think this, that such as we are in word by letters when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. Verse number 12, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. People lose focus. That's why you need to get glasses <laughs> so you can bring things back into focus when you start to lose your eyesight, right? And we as Christians sometimes lose focus. It's easy because we live in a physical world, right? To look at what's going on and compare ourselves to that church or that crowd or that Christian or that preacher or that brother or sister. And we really shouldn't do that. We shouldn't compare ourselves to others. We really need to go to God and ask God to work in our life, work in our heart. Can we learn from other brothers and sisters? We can. Can we learn from other churches? We can. Can we learn from other preachers? We can. Can we learn from each other? We can. 
But the idea of trying to one-up or better yourself through comparing yourself to someone else, it just doesn't work. Uh, it's one of the reasons why salvation isn't by works. Because, well, yeah, if I compare myself to the guy down the road, I can make a pretty good case for myself. <laughs> and someone that thinks he's better than me, he can compare himself to me and make a pretty good case for himself. <laughs> but we ought not bring that to God. We ought not. When people think they can lose their salvation, they think you can lose your, your salvation. <laughs> Rarely do they say they think they can lose it. <laughs> we just we got to stop with the comparing. We, we get out of focus. And then we got to get we got to get the right lenses so we can see God's word. So let's let's do that in Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four, verse number eleven. Giving thanks really does have to deal with focusing on what you have instead of dwelling on what you don't have. Maybe we don't have it for a reason. What's the reason? I don't know. But Philippians 4 says, not that I speak in respect of one. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Okay. That's a tough verse. It tends to be an easy verse to preach. But it, it, it's a harder verse to live out. What does that mean? Well, does that mean if we update the lighting and we change the color of the walls and we uh, fix the plumbing, if we do all those things, does that mean we weren't content with what we have? <laughs> well, no. That's not what God is saying. The contentment of your heart. Are you satisfied with what you have? Can you just say, blessed be God, praise His holy name, not try to outdo or outbetter somebody, but try to make the most out of the resources that God has blessed us with and be content with that. Maybe if we wanted to do everything that we have in our mind, we all put all our thoughts together tonight on what we need to do to get this building exactly where we want it. Let's say it's $70,000. Oh, we don't have $70,000. <laughs> we be content with what we have and we work with what we have and we bless God's name. We praise His name. You see what we're saying? It's not... God's not saying don't try to better things. Don't try to improve things. Don't try to get... What He's saying is what's the condition of your heart? These are heart matters, heart issues. First uh, Corinthians, this is neat. Let's go to the beginning of First Corinthians. Watch what the Holy Spirit says through the mouth of Paul before we get to verse 10 and he starts hammering them. Watch what he says. Take some eight verses to say two things, two sentences really. Watch this. First Corinthians chapter 1, Paul. called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother, under the church of God which is at Corinth, 
to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. See, you don't have to go through Roman Catholicism in an eighth grade, get confirmed. Right here. This is how you're confirmed. By God. So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called under the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now isn't that interesting? Verses 1 through, through 8 or 9. I think it's very interesting because in the light of 1 Corinthians, everybody knows that whole outfit's a mess. <laughs> they have a host of problems. But do you see what the Holy Spirit does through the mouth of Paul? He commends them. He thanks them. And he finds something to be able to say, you know what? Nice job. Before he lets them have it. Before we reprove disorderly conduct, don't forget to thank people. Commend them. Now we called it it, 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 when I was teaching martial arts, we had a leadership course that I would teach, and we I would call this the PCP method. And it's a biblical principle, really. It's the praise, correct, praise method. If someone comes and all we do is correct, 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 it's going to make it really, really hard for them to learn because we're always telling them what they're doing that is wrong. Praise them. You always have, you know, a, a student that was trying to be funny or just a wiseacre that would say, well, what if they're not doing anything right? We don't want to lie to them. <laughs> and that's true. You don't want to lie to people. But if little Johnny comes to class, if little Johnny comes to Sunday school class, and all he does is fuss and hoot and holler and interrupt. You know what you got to do the next Sunday? You got to praise little Johnny for actually tucking his shirt tail in that Sunday. You got to praise little Johnny for, oh, I see you brought your Bible. Nice job, little Johnny. You have to find something to commend and thank little Johnny for before you can get into, here's what you got to fix. Here's what you got to work. No, don't call out. And that's exactly what we see Paul doing in 1 Corinthians. He spends eight, nine verses commending and thanking them before he's going to go in. And we all know the Corinthian church was not the model church. Um. 
I've always liked this verse, 2 Timothy 1.16. You don't have to turn there, but the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Maybe, maybe this week we just go out and we try to refresh someone. <laughs> People need some refreshing. They need some invigorating. They need some new strength. People need some relief after they've been worn out. You ever feel worn out? Isn't it nice when the neighbor or Christian brother or sister comes just to offer some refreshment? We should think about that Christian walk. Okay, Job 33 and Matthew 6. Job 33. And Matthew chapter 6. Okay, I don't know what to be thankful for. Okay, Job 33, verse number 4. The Spirit of God hath made me, there's something, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. There's something to be thankful for. God has given you and I the breath of life. Simple things we take for granted. We ought not. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 26. I don't know what to be thankful for. Okay. Verse 26. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? You got food? There's something to be thankful for. <laughs> you got the breath of life? Praise His holy name. Alright, Psalm chapter 26. Let's get back there. We'll move around a bit in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 26, verse number 7. Thanksgiving to God Day is coming up. That's who we give thanks to, God. <laughs> we don't give thanks to the gods of this world, we give thanks to our God. Verse number 6 says, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of my wondrous works. <laughs> Except that's not what it says. Thy wondrous works. I'm not being critical and I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be difficult. And I'm not against sports. I'm a, I, I like sports. But why is it that a lot of people can get together on a, on a family day or a Thanksgiving day or just pick a day and they can spend three hours talking about sports and not one minute thanking God for all His wondrous works? Why is it that the largest places that are filled on Sunday are sports arenas? Not against sports. I'm not against football. But why is it that millions of people can fill arenas and 
watch from their comfort of their living room on a Sunday morning and a Sunday afternoon and forget about God. Because we want to tell of someone else's wondrous works more than God's wondrous works. We can't forget that. Is it a sin to play football? No. Is it a sin to like football? No. None of that. But I'm in sports and I I told my staff and I'll stick to this, Lord willing, we're not running events on Sunday. And I've been not strong-armed, but I've been asked a couple of times over the last uh, decade to consider doing something on Sunday as the, as the shows grow. I said, no. We're either going to cap the number of competitors or... But we're not running. I'm not running events on Sunday. Why? Well, it's the Lord's Day. Well, it is, but every day is the Lord's Day, isn't it? <laughs> Don't we find rest in the Lord every day? Why? Because traditionally Christians have met on the first day of the week to give thanks to God. Now, if you're in a pinch, if your job requires you to work on a Sunday and that's what you've got going on, look, do what you got to do. But let's not forget God. And let's not forget His wondrous works. Let's not do that. Psalm 50. Psalm 50, verse number 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. Psalm 69. Psalm 69, verse number 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. It was a blessing to hear special music this morning. It really was. I mean, wasn't that just enriching? Wasn't that refreshing? To have God's people get together and hear God's people sing? It's beautiful. I want to have more of that. From all ages. It's just a beautiful thing. How do you praise God? One way is with song. I don't know how it works. I said to one preacher, we rent out these venues, these, these sports, uh, multi-sports plexes are very big now. And so they have uh, all different types of courts and things in there. They're huge. They're multi-million dollar buildings. So we'll run out their basketball courts for a Saturday to run an event. I remember uh, probably six, seven years back, this venue, they turned, a, a Christian organization bought this. And their ministry was a sportsplex. It used to be an old Budweiser brewery. And they'd have church here 
So they had all these different sports where they had out, outreach for the community so everybody can come and play sports, which would give them an opportunity to talk to them and then, okay, you want to come to church on Sunday. So we get there. Now, of course, you know, they're setting up the drum set to get ready for church on Sunday. And look, nothing sinful with a drum. I just haven't really met anybody in church that isn't playing rock and roll with it. I mean, <laughs> I haven't found someone yet. But so they're doing that. And I look over and they got a, they got a tap room still in order. Now they're not serving liquor, but they kept all that ambience of a tap room. All the decorations, everything. The only thing that wasn't in there was the devil's brew. So I end up meeting the guy that's supposed to be the lead pastor there. And I know I'm supposed to be renting a place and I'm not supposed to bring these things up, but I just can't help myself. <laughs> so I said to him, why do you have that if this is supposed to be a Christian outreach? And he told me, it used to be an old Budweiser brewery. It's part of the history of the building. And we thought it to be a good talking point to be able to engage with people. Really? I said, why not just take it out? I mean, it has nothing to do with Christianity. Completely different philosophy. So I said, I see you got, you know, you're setting up in, in that room. What's that for? Oh, church. I said, well, the guys are setting up all this drum sets and stuff. I said, what, what are you doing? Oh, well, we have a big praise and worship and we got a big, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of singing, a lot of praise and worship. But don't get me wrong. When it comes time to the preaching, we go right to the Bible. So I said to him, let me ask you a question. If you took away the rock band, how many people would come next Sunday? He looked me straight in the eye and he said, we'd lose at least half the congregation. I thought when you got saved, you got a new song. I thought when you got saved, you're singing unto the Lord. I thought when you got saved, you're starting to not desire all the things of the world like we used to. I mean, is that, are we, everybody getting this? We have gotten to the point with American Christianity where we are not singing songs of thankfulness and praise to God. Our flesh is so soaked in worldly entertainment and music that these churches have figured out if we want to get them to come in, if, if, we, want to, if we want to keep them, we got to give them the world's music and just change the lyrics. They're not dumb. They're building big organizations and big businesses. I dare say churches. Might be a church building. You saved? I'm saved. God put a new song in your heart. He put a new song in my heart. How do we praise Him? How do we thank Him? By singing praises unto Him. Not designing something that's going to appeal to our flesh so that we can keep people. You know what they do? They keep people. But they lose the good ones. <laughs> I'd rather have the good ones. 
Psalm 95. Psalm 95, verse number 2, Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. There it is. Verse number 1, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. That's who we're singing to. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Look at verse 3. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. That means the rock gods. He's a great King. That means the country rock gods. He's a great King. That's who we sing to. Let's have some thanksgiving in song and in psalms. Psalm 100. Short Psalm, verse 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Look at verse 4, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving, and his courts with what? Praise. Be thankful unto who? Him. And bless who? His name. It's easy to get unthankful, but don't forget, the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. My husband's no good. Okay, for the Lord is good. My husband isn't merciful, but his mercy is everlasting. My husband, my wife, my friend, my spouse, my co-worker, the person I have to deal with all day, they don't tell the truth. If we get fixated on other people, we're going to get our eyes off the Lord. Anybody have difficult people in their life? We all do. Our goal shouldn't be to get away from difficult people. Part of life. Part of life. Psalm 100. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. Praise Him. Be thankful unto Him. Bless His name. We can solve our problems pretty easily if we would learn all of us to be more thankful to God for what He has done and for who He is. 107, Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse number 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. I don't have anything to be happy about, Lord. I don't have anything to rejoice about, Lord. Well, how about you got saved? <laughs> There's going to be a day when we're all going to be in a nursing home eating oatmeal through a tube. I got nothing to be thankful for. How about declare His works with rejoicing? Jesus is still the answer. It doesn't matter if it's a 22-year-old tech student that's depressed and has no hope in their life or a retired 65, 70, 75-year-old war vet that's depressed and has no hope in his life. I'm telling you. Getting saved is something to rejoice about. Jesus Christ is something that both those two people can rejoice about. That's why He's the only hope. 
He is. How are we going to fix the country? Jesus Christ. <laughs> People's hearts change. They have other things to sing about. They have other things to rejoice about. They have other things to be thankful for. 116. Psalm 116. Verse number 17, the Bible says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Good thing to do. Psalm 147. We see it again. Psalm 147, verse number 7. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise unto the harp unto our God. Which, by the way, verse 8, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. I don't have anything to sing praise about. Well, do you grow grass? No. God does. If we would just look out and see the handiwork of God should give us something to be thankful for. Of course, I just bought some land and build a house and we don't have grass. <laughs> but I know who the grower is. <laughs> right? But what do we see again in verse number 7? Who do we sing unto? The Lord. And how do we sing? Out of a have to? No. With thanksgiving. And thanksgiving isn't a cornucopia with nuts and fruits in it. As delicious as it is, thanksgiving comes from our heart. And when you take the love of God out of someone's heart, and you take the thanksgiving of God out of someone's heart, I'm just telling you, you need something fleshy to satisfy that person. And as soon as you get away you get away with the fleshy, they're right back to where they started. Thanksgiving. It's a heartfelt attitude toward God. Alright, let's go to Psalm 19. Let's go back there and we'll start to we'll start to wrap up. This is good. This is, this is good. I'm going to read all of it. Why do some people fail to give thanks to God? Psalm 19, let's read this. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath He set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit under the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, 
and much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Why do some people fail to give thanks to God? They don't believe there's a God. They don't believe He's the Redeemer. They don't believe He's the one that can give strength and life. They don't believe that His statues are right. They don't believe that the heavens declare the glory of God. It's His handiwork. They don't fear the Lord. This society wants to get away from God. You, you got, witnessing today is tough. We have to understand that lost person doesn't see the way we see. That lost person doesn't think the way you and I think. That lost person doesn't believe the way you and I believe. You can give them all the statutes of the Lord. They don't think they're right. They don't care. We have to learn to see what they see. We have to learn to we have to learn about what they believe so that we can kind of understand where they're at and then start to give them the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, do you think you're a sinner? What sin? You see how far gone we are? Now, Brother Kelly and Brother Danny were out door knocking 40 years ago. Every door they knocked on, the person would probably say, yeah, I'm a sinner. Now you knock on doors, what's sin? <laughs> because the culture is so far from God, at least here in America, people are dumbed down. They don't believe what we believe. They don't see what we see. They don't think the way we think. So they just dismiss it. Romans Road, they dismiss it. I'm not saying don't give them the Word of God. I'm saying we got to learn to understand what they believe. We don't have to know everything about the religion. But we're dealing with an unthankful group of people. They're unthankful to God. They live for themselves. And so they fail to give thanks to the Lord. Let's finish up. Uh, let's do one more and we'll close. Let's go over to the book of James. And this will be our last verse for the sake of time. James chapter number 1. Why else do people fail to give thanks to God? 
Verse number 7, James chapter 1, verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. People don't believe that God plays a part in their achievements. And because of that, they don't give thanks to God. A highly talented athlete can get pretty far. And he thinks he's getting pretty far because of him, not God. A highly intellectual person can get pretty far in the medical field and get pretty far in the lawyer realm. And because of that, they feel all of their achievements are because of them. And people fail to give thanks to God sometimes when they excel in life because they're so good at what they do. How do you get a surgeon that can cut someone open, take out cancer, stitch them back up, and they live through the whole process and they can do that day after day, week after week? See how some of these doctors get God complexes? Pretty easy. Now, on the other hand, you praise God when you meet a Christian doctor that comes in and talks to you afterwards and say, you know, thank God that He guided my hand. Praise the Lord that stark difference in there. Stark difference. Achievements that are made here on earth. It's because of God. That's the only reason. You take away God and like this. All He has to do is say, you're going to stop breathing. And it's it. All those achievements, all those trophies, all those certificates, all those accolades are for naught. High achievers that fail to recognize God fail to give thanks to God. Let us not be let us not be that way. Let us be able to give thanks to God. Blessed be His name. Let's try to do that this week, especially as we're gathering during this Thanksgiving week. Give thanks to God. Let's bow and pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. I hope it was clear and understandable. I hope the verses were made some practical sense for us all. Help us to be thankful. Not only this week, not only in, a few, in the next couple of days, but help that be shed abroad in our hearts every day, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.